Um, <clears throat> so I've known for a number of weeks that I was going to preach this Sunday, and, and of course, being the Sunday leading up to Christmas, I, I wanted to focus on bringing a message of incarnation, you know, the incarnation of Jesus, uh, meaning God coming in the flesh. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, um, but what I did not want to do uh, is miss the fact that, that although this is an absolutely amazing time of year, in my opinion, um, I didn't want to miss the reality that not everybody agrees with me. For millions of people, this is not an amazing time of year. It isn't. And there, there may be some of you here this morning who, whose reality says the same thing. You see, for many people, de- December is the most difficult time of year. You know, it's not amazing. It's, it's not exciting. It's, it's not a magical time of year. And at a time when it should be full of, of life and have lots of family and, and a time of year where there's great anticipation uh, and the birthing of amazing promises, a time where deep hope and love and, and joy and peace can be truly experienced. There's nothing more than, than the struggle to survive that, that deafening silence of being alone. Or there's nothing more than, than, than the fight to bury the, 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 the cruel stains that the wake of this world has left them in. You know, the reality for so many people is not joy, but it's sorrow. It's not, it's not peace, but it's internal noise and, and conflict and distress. And it's not hope, but it's hopelessness and a weariness to try and keep going. And it's not love, but it's, it's just feeling of betrayal and being used um, or feeling alone. And I know there are many, many who do not look forward to this time of year. But there are also many who absolutely love this time of year, and Christmas can't come soon enough, right? There's excitement in the air, there's family coming in town, it's going to snow, amen? Yes? Okay? People love coming into town. And, and celebrating the birth of Jesus. And they feel that peace and that joy, that love, and, and that hope that Jesus brings. So I just want us to be aware that there's a whole mixed bag of people who experience December and, and experience Christmas in many different ways. And so I want to share with you this morning that, that it doesn't matter whether you've known Jesus for, for 70 years or for seven minutes. It doesn't matter how distant you feel to Jesus or, or from Jesus or, or from the Father or, or, or how incredibly close and intimate you are in your relationship with Him. It doesn't even matter if you know Jesus at all because there is something so outrageously amazing that happened 2,000 years ago that if you allow it, it'll have the same impact on you that it had on those people back then. If you allow it. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey with Jesus or, or how much or how little you enjoy Christmas. What happened in Bethlehem over, over two millennia ago has the potential to absolutely rock your world in such a way that in months from now, you'll look back on this day or in this season and you'll say, wow, I had an incredible experience with the Father I had never had before. I want to tell you that the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, has done something beyond your wildest dreams and your craziest imaginations for you. 
And regardless of where your heart's at today, he wants you to experience him all over again. All over again. And perhaps for some of you, it's to know him for the first time. Today's your day. Now, before we keep going here, I just want to mention uh, something. And I think, I think there are times that we have certain expectations on how we think our lives should go. You know, as human beings, we, whenever we pray or we ask or, or declare something, we'd like it to come in, in, in a self-made box of expectations, right, that, that we can kind of put God in and, and like God to show up in this way. Um, <clears throat> especially during, you know, when we have a deep needs or we're going through a difficult season in life, we're like, I want a package from Jesus that looks like this, looks like this big, Right? And if God would come like that, that would be perfect. Some of you are laughing because you know that's sometimes not the case. You know, oftentimes, God comes in a completely opposite way from which we expected Him to come. And I wonder how many times God has, has come in ways we didn't expect Him to come and come in ways in which He wanted to encounter us. But we, we ignored it or perhaps unknowingly rejected it because we, it, we were so focused on that box that we, that we, we created the answers to fit in and we didn't, that, that, that God didn't meet our expectations. Now I want, us to, I want us to just be reminded this morning that as we ask for more at Christmas, as we ask for new and fresh experiences and encounters with Jesus, and as we ask God to reveal new things to us in the scriptures, or as we're asking him to meet some major need in our life, it's really important that we understand that, that we, we have room in our hearts for things we just don't get, things we just don't understand. It's really important to have room in our hearts for things we don't understand. It's important to have room in our hearts for God to answer us in ways that we don't expect or ways we don't understand. We need room for him to do that. Now, having said that, I'd like to propose to you that Jesus wants to encounter you. He wants to give you an out-of-the-world encounter for every single one of you in this place this morning. Everyone. And it will look different for every one of you as well. So let's look into that a bit. If you turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We'll explore something amazing that went on. Luke chapter 2, it'll be up on the screen for you. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off and found Mary and Joe and the baby, otherwise known as Joseph, <laughs> who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I want you to just entertain me for a minute and actually imagine with me just for a moment this night, okay? It was, it was just like any other night for these shepherds. It was a calm, dark, and, and, and cold night with nothing but, but the grand landscape of the night skies they're covering. You know, maybe some of the shepherds were sitting at the, fi- the crackling fire. You know, off in the distance, you hear crickets chirping away and perhaps some sheep bleeding in the distance as well. When all of a sudden, something extraordinary breaks through the expanse of the starlit sky. Okay, something absolutely mind-blowing just happened to these shepherds. And that left them speechless and seemingly afraid. Heaven had just opened up in front of these shepherds. And as one translation says, this is awesome, the splendor of the Lord blazed around them. Wow, that is so good. What a sight. And as they recover their eyes with the brilliant light of the angel, the angel speaks right through the heart and says, don't be afraid. The time has come for you. A Savior has been born to you. The Messiah, the anointed one from heaven, the Christ has come for you. Your time, shepherds, has come. And the time had finally come. For for thousands of years, people had waited for heaven to break open its doors, to send a Savior who would come and who would restore relationships, who who would bind up the sick, who, who would... Uh, save the lost and heal the sick and bind the brokenhearted, a Savior who, who would bring love and hope and joy and peace that the world had never experienced up until that night. And if that one angel wasn't enough, these angels were visited by an army of angels, praising God and glorifying God for what was happening that night. Can you imagine the enthusiasm of these angels? Like... Now, these angels aren't all-knowing, like God is, of course, but I do imagine that they were privy to heaven's agenda, okay? And they knew this night was coming. They just didn't know when. They had been anticipating this night for thousands of years as well, and when it came, and when they were released from heaven to, to boldly declare the most amazing news the world had ever known, check this out, the shepherds had front row seats to the most amazing worship experience ever, ever. Right? Better than this, can you imagine? (laughs) Wow. The silence of history and the silence of that night had been broken by a a thunderous announcement from heaven. Wow. Can you you imagine that? Then as quickly those angels came, it was silent and dark again. But I want you to know something. Look Look at verse 15. Okay? Verse 15 says this. So when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that, the, uh, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
I want you to see that these guys, these shepherds, had a decision to make. Okay, what were they going to do with the message that had just been given? Okay, were they going to stay in the fields and, and ponder this crazy sight that they just saw? Or, or were they going to deny what had just happened? Or were they going to see for themselves the word, uh, the word spoken from the angel? So they made their decision and, and dropped what they were doing, left their sheep behind, and hurried off. Key word. Okay, that angelic word impacted them so much that it didn't matter what they were doing. Okay, they left the sheep and hurried off to find the sign. You see, it, it wasn't enough that they heard the message about a Savior. It wasn't enough. They had to have the encounter with His presence. It wasn't enough for them to just hear about the message. They had to respond to the message given to them. And did they ever respond? Okay, they ran off to find the sign that the angel had given them. And then what happened? Verse 17. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. Just as they were, had been told. Do you see what's happened to these guys? They, they couldn't stop talking about what happened. And they were glorifying and praising God, going back to the fields. Look at the contrast between, between verse 8 and verse 20. Okay, verse 8 says that there were shepherds keeping watch uh, over the flocks at night. And then verse 20, these same guys were worshiping, glorifying, and praising God. So what happened? How did this transformation come about? And they were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told. Okay, the shepherds were told about an amazing event that was happening, that was taking place, and then they responded to the word and went and found out for themselves, and their lives were transformed forever. Forever. I want you to hear this. The shepherds' response to the word that the angel gave them led to an experience with Jesus. Let me say that again. The shepherd's response to the word that the angel, or another word for angel is simply messenger, okay, that the angel gave to them led to an encounter with Jesus that transformed their lives. What's the point? The point is this. The shepherds had to do something with the word that was spoken to them. They had to respond to the message to have that experience with Jesus. And when they did, they were changed. They had to respond. Friends, this is what happens when you experience Jesus. Okay, this is what happens when you encounter God who is wildly in love with you. You are transformed. When you encounter Jesus, your destiny is changed forever. And the same message that came to the shepherds that starry night when, when heaven broke open the skies with that thunderous celebration is the same message that has been given to every one of us in this place. 
like the angel of the Lord who, who broke the silence of history and came in brilliant light and blazed with the splendor of the Lord around those shepherds. So the Father says to every one of you, a Savior has been born to you. Jesus has come for you. And he will come and pour life into you. And he will come and heal you. He will heal your broken heart. He will bind up your wounds. He will restore peace to the storms of your soul. He will breathe hope into the depths of your being and lavish, lavish his liquid love all over you and you leave changed. He will break fear over you and speak courage into you. He gives you new kingdom identity and he raises you up and gives you kingdom purpose and kingdom influence among people. And you will restore broken places. And you will rebuild and redeem cities and nations across the world. That is what an encounter of Jesus does to you. Listen to this. Psalm 34 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. And he saved me from all my troubles. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You taste and see that the Lord is good. This is amazing. Okay, you hear this. You cannot enter into an encounter with Jesus and leave the same. Okay, you cannot enter into an experience with Jesus and leave unchanged. It's impossible. It's impossible. And you, you may be thinking right now, yeah, you know what, Nate? Those shepherds were visited by an angel. And they're multitudes of angels. I've never had a visit by an angel. I want to tell you right now that it's not the angel we're looking for as much as the message behind what the angel's saying. Okay, the message that the angel gave to the shepherds is the very same message we're hearing today. You are incredibly special. Everyone in here is so amazing. You are the ones to which a Savior has been born. All of you. The creator of the universe wants to be in a relationship with you. And he sent his one and only son, Jesus, so that through him, you would have a relationship with the Father that you never dreamed of ever happening. It's unbelievable. So how are you going to respond? Now, don't answer that too quickly, please. Too many times in the past, we've... we've responded by setting up a list of do's and don'ts. I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start doing this, and we just keep going, 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 going. Just stop for a second. Just know that after the angels left the shepherds, they didn't put some list together of things they had to do before they went to Jesus. They didn't wait for their shift to end to go see Jesus. They didn't wait for the daytime shepherds to come to make sure that their, their sheep were taken care of. No! The most important thing above anything else was to go find Jesus. And when they did, they were changed. So how will you respond? If you want to experience 
an amazing encounter with Jesus, you must respond to him. In the midst of just another month for some of you, and in the midst of the best month ever for, for, the, for some others, I want to tell you that light of, the light of heaven broke the silence of history and changed your destiny forever. The light of heaven came and to flood your pain and your loneliness with a peace unthinkable and a love unimaginable that only comes through Jesus directly from the throne room of heaven. This is your time. This is your time. And I pray that those who are already walking deeply with Jesus, deeply with the Father, are taken to even greater depths of intimacy with him today. And this Christmas season, how are you guys going to respond? You know, we, we often talk about having a white Christmas. <clears throat> I, I would like to see one too. Uh, but 32 years ago, 32-ish, my family and I went down to Palm Springs to visit my grandparents who were uh, pr- uh, pastors down there. And... Uh, it was awesome, okay? It wasn't white Christmas. It was like a white hot Christmas, but it was, it was fun, okay? <clears throat> but months prior to that, uh, my parents kept asking me, you know, what do you, what do you want for Christmas, Nathan? I'm dating myself here, but I said, you know what? I want the Nintendo. Who remembers the Nintendo? Yeah, I'm dating myself, okay? Nobody raise your hand. What does that tell you? You guys are really young. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I want a Nintendo, Okay, so Christmas came, we're opening gifts, uh, it's fun, and, and uh, you know, I'm opening this gift, and you know, hopefully getting this Nintendo doesn't come, and I'm trying my best to look happy, and I am thankful for the other gifts, okay, I am. I'm like eight years old, okay, I want this Nintendo. So all the gifts have been opened, and, and I look over, and the tree's empty, there's no more gifts. I'm thinking, no Nintendo, Okay. So a few minutes later, my uncle, actually, Paul, you're right here. Do you remember this story? Yeah. So my uncle, that's awesome. Um, he, he says, hey, wait a second. Uh, there's, a, there's something over here behind the desk. And he says, oh, look at that. It's actually, it's got Nathan and Meredith's name on it. And I'm, you know, I was like so, so out of it for not getting that Nintendo. I said, you know what, Meredith? You open it. That's okay. You open it. So she opens this thing on the couch, and just this, you know, like a nice little girl, she opens it, you know, one little rip, but the rip that she opened revealed three letters, NIN, okay? I'm like, what? No way! Nintendo! So I went over, and I grabbed the gift out of her hands, I ripped it, and opened the box, I'm like, this is awesome, it's the best thing ever, and I, how do I plug this thing in, and I'm like, what? look at all these games I got, it was amazing. Okay, I, was, I was lost in Nintendo Bliss for the rest of my vacation. So I thought, right, it was awesome. It was awesome. Nothing could take me away from the presence of that Nintendo. Okay? Thankfully, my parents came and rescued me a few hours later. But I tell you, it felt like minutes I was with that game. I lost track of time. Okay, I had no idea what was up and who was where. I was so involved with that Nintendo. Now, I want you to just please hear me. This pales in comparison. Okay, it's actually not even in the same universe of comparison, but I want to share something with you. 
This can happen when you encounter the Father through Jesus. Okay, there's no other care in the world. There is not. He fills you with complete joy. Okay, and I can tell you from, from many times, I spent hours just soaking in the presence of Jesus, and it felt like minutes. And there are times when I'm driving on the way to work, and I just sense the Father with me. And I'm crying, and I can't see, and I'm kind of trying to, where am I going? But it's just awesome. It is so amazing. There are times in the worship services where many of you and, and myself, we're just, you know, nothing extraordinary is happening, but we just have this deep peace. It is amazing. And that excitement that I had when I first saw that Nintendo is what our response can be when going to Jesus. It's like, no way. I get to spend time with Jesus. Like, come on. I can't wait to have another encounter with him. It's the response of the shepherds that says, we're going to run to Jesus and we're going in a hurry. And Jesus wants to have an encounter with you all the time. Not just one day a week. Every day. Multiple times a day. And when you do, you will leave transformed. How are you going to respond? How will you respond? The shepherds dropped what they were doing. They, they literally dropped everything and ran to Jesus. Okay, we don't have to run far. I mean, if, if you're a Christ follower, all you got to do is look in here and encounter Jesus in a fresh and deeper way. He's right here. Maybe you've been afraid of the Father. Maybe you've been afraid to let go of, of whatever you're holding on to. But like the angel said to the shepherds, the same message is for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let go. And through Jesus, you know what? You can actually run straight into the arms of the Father unafraid. Because the other way of saying don't be afraid is saying I speak fearlessness into you. Go straight to the Father through Jesus. Is there anything you're holding on to that's keeping you this morning from, from responding to Jesus? Do you have a shattered dream that maybe you're blaming God for? Maybe Christmas, Christmas isn't what you thought it would be like this year. That's quite possible. Maybe... Maybe you need to drop that box that you've created and the box of where God fits and the expectations that we have on Him. Maybe we just got to place that down. That would be a good place to put it. Worship team, you guys can come up. <clears throat> I just want to mention uh, something else here. I know I'm not the only one in saying that December is is one of the busiest months of the year. Uh, it, it's crazy busy uh, this time of year. And I just want to offer up a challenge to, to all of us in here, including myself, that as busy as this season could be, and as busy as it is, maybe some of you don't struggle with this busyness, and that's okay, that's, that's great. But my challenge here is that in this season, let's not become like the innkeeper. What do I mean? Uh, we haven't talked about this guy. 
He was verse 7 before the passage we read in Luke. See, Jesus was born in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Okay, we don't know a lot about this man, about this innkeeper, but we do know that he existed. Okay, in the hustle and the bustle of the season back then, you know, there, there were, people were coming into town for a census. The innkeeper missed the most important birth in history. He was so close. Okay, it's possible that Mary and Joseph stood at his doorstep or maybe even entered into to the front entrance of his inn looking for a room. Yet Jesus was born out back in his stable almost underneath the innkeeper's nose and he didn't even know what happened because of his preoccupation with his busyness. Now don't hear me wrong. I, I'm not saying that being busy is wrong or working hard is wrong. We're all hard workers in here. I know that. But what I am saying is that we cannot allow our regular routine or, or our busy agenda to steal our attention away from what's most important this time of year. It's entirely possible that we can go through this whole season and become completely sidetracked by getting ready for Christmas that we're so busy with our regular agendas and routines and we add Christmas stuff on top of that that we can completely miss a fresh encounter with Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about, a fresh encounter with Him. We're going to sing a song here in a moment. And as we do, I want, I want you to take this opportunity to ask yourself, how are you going to respond to Jesus this morning? Don't leave here without asking that question. How are you going to, how am I going to respond to Jesus today? And it doesn't matter what you're going through. His arms are open. See, the light of heaven came down and broke the silence of history and changed your destiny forever. Forever. Ask for a fresh revelation of Jesus this morning. Whatever you need, ask him to come and encounter you and you will be changed. And ask him to take you to deeper levels. Now is your time. Now. How are you going to respond? Now, maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life. And you want to experience Jesus today and have an encounter with him for the very first time. That would be awesome. If you let me lead you in prayer right now, I would love to do that. So if that's you, just repeat after me. Now is your time. It's coming. Say, Jesus, I thank you for coming to this earth for me. I've heard your message, and I am responding to you. Thank you that you are my Savior. I need you. And thank you for forgiving me for my sins, and I invite you to come into my life right now. Come and fill me with your peace, the peace of your Holy Spirit. Give me new kingdom identity in 
Jesus' name. Fill me with your love, with your hope, with your joy, and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, that's awesome. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Yeah. And please, don't leave without sharing that with somebody. If you want to come up to the front and talk to myself or someone on ministry team after, that would be awesome. But we're going to sing this song. And as we do, ask yourself, how am I going to respond to Jesus? How am I going to respond to Jesus? Let's sing.